In this podcast episode of Board Agenda, we interview John Allen, the chairman of Tesco and one of the UK's foremost corporate leaders, to gain his insights about the role of non-executive directors, their responsibilities and priorities at a time when their role on the board has arguably never been more critical. Welcome to the Board Agenda podcast, where leading thinkers on business and management are interviewed about the trends and issues that impact on boardroom decisions and company performance. Board Agenda helps directors lead with confidence in the boardroom and to navigate the growing complexities of their roles. For more independent insights, expert practical business guidance and leading edge research, about emerging boardroom and corporate governance issues, go to boardagenda.com. Hello and welcome to the Board Agenda podcast, this time exploring the role of non-executive directors, their responsibilities and their priorities. The non-executive role is arguably more important than ever as businesses grapple with the crisis caused by the pandemic. And this view is shared by many. Entries recently opened for the Sunday Times Non-Executive Director Awards, supported by the financial advisory firm Peel Hunt. To mark the occasion, we are delighted to welcome John Allen, Chairman of Tesco and the Sunday Times FTSE 100 NED of the Year 2020, to explore the issues NEDs currently face and how their roles are evolving. Welcome, John. I'm going to plow into the first question, if that's okay with you. Which key issues should non-executives focus on for their boards in the current business environment? Well, I think the biggest issue at the moment for everyone, really for virtually every business, is unpredictability. You know, it's very hard to predict what the next year is going to hold, even the next six months is going to is going to show us, not just in the UK, but also around the world. So if you're in an international business, uh, it's an even bigger challenge. But even for purely UK businesses, you know, how is the COVID, uh, uh, you know, the COVID scenario going to evolve? How is uh, Brexit going to impact on us? Will there be a Brexit deal? Won't there? And what's going to happen to the economy generally? You know, are we going to see, as many believe, and, and I sadly fear, see a large wave of unemployment, which then has an impact on demand for all sorts of uh, goods and services? So I think it's incredibly hard to predict, and therefore. I think the only way boards can respond to that is to say, look, let's look at a series of different scenarios and ensure that we've got a robust, resilient plan for every single one of them. And to what extent does a non-executive get involved in that uh, examination of scenarios? Do they just sit back and wait until they're presented or, or are they instrumental in developing the scenarios themselves? <clears throat> well, I think the way it works in most boards is that management will actually, you know, will at the request really of the board, but they'll be doing it under their own initiative if they're any good anyway, we'll be looking at a series of different options. And then I think the, the role of the non-executives is to challenge, to understand the implications, to test really whether management have thought about enough possible scenarios. You know, is their worst scenario the worst it really could be, or is there an even worse case than the one they've they've developed? And then I think to kind of help them uh, in de- developing you know, a response to these different scenarios. The scenarios are fine, but what really matters is what do you do about it as a result? And experience, I think, non-executives can make a really valuable contribution to thinking about how to deal with 
the different situations people envisage. Before we move on to the kind of questions NEDs would ask, I'd, I wanted to ask a quick question about maybe the soft skills of this um, this moment of this scenario planning. Is, it, is there a best or better tone to undertake this kind of working? You don't want a lot of friction in the boardroom, do you, at that point? No, no, you don't. And I think one of the key skills for non-executives really is the ability to ask questions and to sort of challenge, but in a non-confrontational, non-personal way, so you don't want non-execs just to be complete patsies who nod their heads to everything management propose, but nor do you want them to be so aggressive that, you know, that actually board cohesion um, breaks down. So I think there's a middle road to be trodden. And one of the reasons why you know, I'm a great fan of having really good female non-executives on the board is I think women have often got better developed skills in this space than their male counterparts and can add considerably, I think, to the you know, the, 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 the quality of the debate that goes on, it can become quite sort of searching without actually being aggressive. Mm. Uh, so is, is, that, uh, is that a plea for more diverse boards at this moment? Yeah, well, I think more, I mean, there are all sorts of reasons for more diverse boards. Uh, and I think most people have got the message and are working on that. But I'm absolutely convinced from my experience that more diverse boards work better than boards that are kind of, you know, monocultural, monogender, monoracial, or whatever. Uh, I think diversity is not only a good thing, I think, ethically and morally, but it's actually a good thing in terms of making boards work better. Going back to the scenarios then we talked about earlier, just a moment ago, what are the kind of questions non-execs need to be asking at that moment? Well, I think one of them is to test the financial resilience of the firm. You know, those of us who were around in the financial crisis um, learned very painfully uh, from what went on then that, you know, cash really matters, the strength of the balance sheet matters, financial facilities that you may have taken for granted can be withdrawn very suddenly, and therefore ensuring that you really understand, you know, how to keep um, uh, good sources of finance if you have them or where to find them if you haven't is really important. And I think that's something that management sometimes overlook, you know, in their desire to find the right consumer strategies, the right operating plans for the business, uh, perhaps to focus less attention on the, the financeability of the plan. And I think non-execs can be very helpful there. Uh, there was some fascinating research recently, I think from an American university, that pointed out that the stock performance of those companies that had good cash reserves and solid assets, those being digital rather than being highly leveraged, were the ones who saw their share price perform better as the um, pandemic or the lockdown wore on. Yeah, I think that's kind of common sense, really, isn't it? Because if you've got a strong financial position, strong cash position, you're better placed to uh, opportunities that arise in every crisis. And, you know, crises are a mixture of problems and opportunities. You've got to kind of find a way of dealing with the problems, but almost inevitably they throw up new opportunities and better finance companies are going to be able to address those opportunities much more quickly and much more aggressively than companies that are in you know, financial difficulties. So I think that research makes common sense to me. Uh, I, I think it, it, it asked a question as well about um, uh, uh, sustainability, I think. And I think one of the things that's cropped up during the pan pandemic is how it's influenced the priorities for non-executives and boards in terms of 
not only generating a profit, but how they think about their stakeholders and uh, as we as we put it here, doing good for society. And I, I, and I wonder if this is a difficult balance to strike right now. Um, funnily enough, I think it's getting easier. You know, I remember as a young CEO uh, being attacked very aggressively by a large shareholder because the company I was CEO of had given a little bit of money to a charity. And I remember the investor concerned saying to me rather aggressively, uh, and these were his precise words, I'll never forget them, look, sunshine, when we decide to give money to charity, we'll let you know, and we the owners of the business, in other words. I mean, it's inconceivable that you'd have that sort of conversation now. And I think the investing world has moved, and I think this is a wholly positive development from, you know, regarding other stakeholders as being almost irrelevant to saying, well, actually, you know, we want good performance from companies, but we also want you to address properly the needs of other stakeholders, but they're rather separate. To now a more, much more integrated view, which is that companies that are good at understanding and responding to the needs of all their stakeholders are likely to be better performers. And there is a bit of research around which, which supports that. So I think this, this whole issue of companies having you know, clear accountability to stakeholders, a clear sense of purpose has been accelerated by COVID, you know, something that might have taken two or three years has probably happened in six months in terms of people moving on with that agenda. And I think that's, you know, there are clearly many downsides that have come out of the COVID crisis. This will be one of the pluses. I, I guess one, many critics of stakeholderism, if I can use that term, uh, make the point that the trade-offs are too difficult to manage. The trade-offs between stakeholders on the one hand and shareholders are too difficult. In your experience, are they impossible or in the boardroom? Are you managing that process well? Um, yeah, I think if you've got a great management team, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to chair two businesses that have got terrific management teams, then I think uh, management do it almost instinctively. And the trade-offs are principally in the short term. You know, Tesco, for example, did a number of things in the early stages of the COVID crisis, which clearly cost money. You know, they didn't produce any revenue. We sent 29,000 employees home because they had pre-existing medical conditions and, you know, we felt they should be shielded on full pay for 12 weeks. Now, obviously, that impacted on profits in the short term, but we believe that the, you know, we'll get the reward for that in the longer term term with a uh, workforce colleagues who are more motivated, more likely to stay with us because they've seen that, you know, in crisis, they're treated fairly. So I don't think there is a longer term trade-off, uh, but sometimes in the, there are trade-offs in the short term. You know, things you do for customers may impact on profits, uh, things you do for suppliers to make them more sustainable uh, may have a short term impact on profit. But I think you've just got to weigh these things up and try and get the balance right. Now, we mentioned this earlier, but I'd like to take the conversation back to uh, non-executive skills. And tell me, what do you see as the core essential skills among non-executives right now? And how do they ensure they have them? Well, I think one of the great things about corporate boards and having a number of non-executives is you don't have to find a team of non-executives, every one of whom is skilled in every possible kind of uh, requirement you might have as a board. One of the jobs of the, the chairman is to is to really build a set, a board that has the necessary skills embedded within it. Um, 
and but some people will be much more skilled in some areas. So I think you know, if, if I take some examples for the moment. It's clearly important to have on the board people who are committed to and knowledgeable about the likely implications of moving towards greater environmental sustainability, because I think that's going to be an issue for every business in the world. Um, digital technology, you know, we've seen uh, how quickly things can change. So having some people on the board who've got some knowledge of that. You want people who are commercially astute. Um, uh, I think you want people who actually understand about the consumer and, you know, what do you need to do to ensure that you're really have got the consumer at the heart of the, the business and so on. Uh, and, and I could go on, but you know what we try and do on boards I'm on, I'm sure most others do, this is not rocket science, is have a sort of matrix of the skills we think we need on the board and the people tick the boxes that are appropriate. And then it often becomes obvious that, you know, we're short of a particular sort of skill so that we make that the centerpiece of the search for our next non-executive director. And are those skills requirements being matched to what you perceive to be the um, either longer term or permanent strategic changes being brought about by the um, pandemic? Well, I think they should be because, you know, if you invite someone to be a non-executive director, you're asking them to make a six or nine year commitment. Uh, I don't think it would be sensible to ask someone to join the board because you think you're going to have a particular issue over the next three months. I'd address that differently. You know, you can go out and find someone with expertise in something very short term as an advisor, as a consultant or whatever. But I think the role of the board is rather different. It's not just to provide extremely good value consultancy to management. I mean, I think it's actually to be part of signing off the plans that are going to take the business forward, part of ensuring that every stakeholder is being taken care of and so on. And that's kind of longer term commitment. Have, has that been made more or less difficult by the current times? Uh, I don't think so. I think the current crisis has made boards more cohesive because, you know, if you work together in crisis, it certainly made management teams more cohesive. And I think it's probably made quite a lot of boards more cohesive too because, you know, if you're meeting more frequently because the, the rhythm of boards typically, you know, say six to eight times a year, every eight to so or so weeks, six to eight weeks, uh, doesn't really work in a crisis. So I think what most people have been doing is having shorter boards, more frequent board sessions, so that the non-executive directors can stay up to date with what's actually happening in the business, are aware of the decisions that management are making, and very often management are having to make kind of pretty much on the hoof in order to deal with a developing set of crises. Um, and I think it's, you know, where it's worked, it's brought us all together it's brought the management team together, the board together, and the, the management and board uh, to be a more cohesive whole. So I think there'll be some long-term benefits from that. Are there, are there before I move on to my last question, are, is it also bringing about changes to the way non-executives work? I wonder, for example, whether if they're meeting more, they may have to be reducing their commitments in terms of the uh, size of their portfolio. Um, I, I suppose that's possible. But, you know, I don't think the meeting more frequently necessarily means more hours. I think it's probably means more frequent, shorter board meetings, some of which really just focus on how the crisis is being managed. So they're, talk, they're really talking, we're talking about strategy in longer term sessions and tactics and operational decisions in these shorter term 
decisions, uh, shorter term meetings. So I don't think it necessarily requires a greater commitment. But I do think being a non-executive does involve quite a lot of commitment of time. It's not just the meetings. It's you know understanding what's going on in the business. At Tesco, I do quite a lot of visiting of stores and facilities we have around the country. And I very often invite the, any non-executives who are available and interested to come and join me on the basis that, you know, whatever I learn, they can learn too. Uh, so I think it's, you know, it is quite a commitment. Um, and I think most people are very careful not to take on more commitments than they can, they can handle. Right. My last question now, uh, non-executives work behind the scenes, the Sunday times, NED awards, attempts to recognize them and shine a light on their work. I know you're a great supporter of the awards as we are at board agenda. What would your message be to boards about potentially nominating candidates? Well, I I'd encourage people to do it. You know, don't feel that you've got to have a kind of superstar uh, non-executive before you can nominate them. I mean, I was lucky enough to be nominated and get an award uh, last year and I'm, uh, you know, anything but a superstar sort of thing. So, uh, so I, and I think what it what it forces boards to do if they do this is probably sit down and think about the contribution their non-executives or a particular non-executive is making. So I'd say the more the merrier. You know, encourage people. It's not particularly onerous process to get involved with, but you know, do 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 that. And it also encourages, I think, management to think more fully than they might otherwise about the contribution their non-executives are making. You know, I think non-executives tend to be very conscious of the contribution made by executives. We, I, we don't ever forget that. But sometimes it's a little bit harder for people to you know, look the other way and see that their non-executives are actually making a very substantial contribution. And I think this, these awards help enormously, I think, in terms of raising you know, visibility of the contribution that good non-executives make to their companies. Well, on that note, John, thank you very much for joining the podcast. I'm sure our listeners, as I, have found your thoughts and insight fascinating. If you are interested in entering the Sunday Times Non-Executive Director Awards, there are seven categories for which you can be nominated, all the way from FTSE 100 NED to the Dame Helen Alexander NED to Watch Award and a Lifetime Achievement Award. Anyone can nominate a non-executive, and it takes just five minutes to complete the initial entry form. The entry process opened on the 4th of October and closes on November the 30th. You can find out more about the entry process at the website www.nedawards.co.uk. That's www.nedawards.co.uk. Thank you and goodbye. That was a podcast brought to you by Board Agenda. For the latest thinking about corporate governance and to access a complete online resource for boards and directors, register or log on at boardagenda.com. Thanks for listening.